Hello and welcome to Bonsai Bitter Banter podcast episode one and our guest today is Emma Parkinson, muscle manipulator, bone cracker, joint fixer, self-proclaimed witch doctor. How are you Emma? I'm fine James, how are you? I'm good thanks. That was a bit of a hard one to get out there, proclaimed there. <laughs> Well, it is proclaimed, just put that in though. We yeah. can't actually say that I am because, you know, someone might hunt me down. You know something to become a witch uh, doctor? Ah, uh, no such thing. <laughs> Years of experience to become a witch doctor. <laughs> That's the best way to go. So tell us a bit about yourself, Emma. Hey, um, I'm Emma and I'm from Glasgow. I went to Glasgow Caledonian University and I graduated in 2013. I started in 2008, so I've been studying physiotherapy for 12 years. Um, I went kind of straight into the, practice, the private practice route from uni. I joined St Martin Football Club and then I went private. And then a few years later, I joined Rangers and then so on and so forth. And I started at my own company four years ago now I think yeah four um, and in the meantime just been doing other things like acupuncture manipulations um, I did my prescribing course my injection therapy as well so all round got a good kind of basis on the, on the MSK side of stuff so the musculoskeletal. Sounds like a very vast TV you've got there with plenty of experience so that's good. A lot of experience yeah uh-huh. a lot of experience dealing with people as well got quite a high patient mileage my previous company they made us see between 70 and 80 patients a week. So yeah. hard going. I'm enjoying this lockdown <laughs> and just chill out for a wee bit. So what made you get into doing what you're doing? Honestly, mm-hmm. I really, really fancied Frank Lampard. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm going to be his video one day. <laughs> so when I joined Rangers, he was at Chelsea at the time, so the goal wasn't too far. And now, obviously, Gerrard's manager of Rangers and their pals. So the dream isn't lost, um, James. It's not lost. And Very I, achievable. He doesn't watch this and sort of puts them off because it makes them feel different. <laughs> I said he's physio, not his girlfriend. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was when I was uh-huh, 14, ever since I was 14. Really? Um, you had yeah, that and, bit and you were just... Yeah. Also, my, when my gran was in the hospital years ago, when I was 17, she got on, she had high, had really high recommendations for the physios and loved them on the wards and stuff like that. It really got her back on her feet. So it was a kind of a push as well for me. And then I joined university when I was 18, straight from school. So aye, there was a couple of things, but definitely Frank Lampard sealed it. <laughs> um, right, so before we get into what everybody wants to know, mm-hmm ask all guests this that come on so what is your top book on your bookshelf actually it's here because i was reading a wee bit from it this morning um it's the magic of thinking big by david schwartz what is that i don't know if you've read it no i've not read that one you know it's it's lovely it's a lovely book it's basically about how as humans we've got glass ceilings Mm-hmm. And how it's really good just to try and take yourself above that glass ceiling and think a wee bit bigger than your, your fishbowl, shall we say, because essentially that's all that we are in, is a big fishbowl. It's about how surpassing your own expectations and thinking bigger than, than you, what you could imagine because the human mind is, it's, you know, infinite. It's yeah. amazing. It's pretty. 
uh, it's mental like when you start to think about some of the stuff that you think about and even after like, a few years uh, you might have one kind of mindset towards something and how that drastically changes it's, it's yeah and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger the more you push yourself so it's lovely there's a nice sweet quote in it life is too short to be little oh that's a good one short and sweet that's, that's always nice yeah <laughs> so we get into the good stuff mm-hmm so I done a poll on my Instagram and the top three that people voted for were form, foam rolling and backcracking. So that's what we're going to cover today. We'll mm-hmm. start off with the importance of form and exercise. And could you tell me why is it important to use the correct form when you're exercising? So the way I like to explain it to patients is that each individual structure in the body, whether it's skin, hair, nails, the liver, so on and so forth, the bones, they've all got a biomechanical tolerance, all right? And all that means is they can tolerate so much force before they naturally rip, tear, fall apart, break, so on and so forth. So when you're dealing with form, you kind of have to make sure that you are in the correct position for mechanical loads, whether that's being in a squat rack, whether that's running on the hard surface running on a softer surface so everything has to be in the correct natural environment shall we say for things not to break down so if your form isn't anatomically correct or physiologically correct then it's going to break mm-hmm. so it's kind of simple as that um, so that's why it's really important that you nail it from the get-go whether it's you're doing squatting with no weight and then you want to build up to beats and so on and so forth with yourself and if you've not got the form right then you're going to get to so much and your biomechanical tolerance is just going to be surpassed before you know it you you break down you injure and you have to come see me it's not a bad thing I'll clients it's like you can do it wrong a hundred times but mm-hmm. next time you do it that's when something goes and that's where people are like they don't understand the importance of it because they've got a way with mm-hmm. it for so long Absolutely. It's like, I always have to say, it is the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's a repetitive strain and strain over so long. It's called a microtrauma. So there's two things. There's a microtrauma and there's a macrotrauma. So microtrauma is an insidious onset over a long period of time or a short period of time with repetitive structure um, and and repetitive movements, and it will break down. Whereas a microtrauma, sorry, a macrotrauma is you get hit by a bus or you fall off a building and it's straight there and then done. Yeah. And that's the difference between micro and macro. Yeah, it's not over a long period of time doing that mm-hmm. slowly before something just has to give and your body can't. Yeah. It breaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's good. So, I've got, because you see plenty of people in the gym mm-hmm. wrong and it's like even like, People that are competing, I get why form will be jeopardised when people are competing in like powerlifting and stuff like that. But yeah. you do have <clears throat> people in the gym and they're training and they have been for years and they're getting away with it. Is there a reason for them to be able to get away with that or is it just luck? Mm, probably not so much luck as in the sense where they might again it comes down to their biomechanical tolerance might be here and someone's might be here and someone's might be there and it's all to do with 
different fibres, different tensile structures, are they composed of different muscle fibres, there's type 1, type 2, all these kind of things. So it's it completely dependent on the individual and also it depends on what they're doing outside of the gym. They might be doing more yoga classes a week, so they're increasing their tensile strength, strength of their structures, whereas the other job logs over there might just be sitting on his desk for 8 to 10 hours every single day and then goes and does more squats and that's and his biomechanical tolerance is surpassed so it's completely dependent on each person for each patient on what they are able to do and that's why we're all different shapes and sizes also diet as well is massive are they drinking enough water obviously the human body is consistent 70 percent water so it's all these you need to kind of take into a lot more factors than what they're just doing in the gym because i've heard that before that some people if they're not hydrated enough like it's something to do with the spine and the, the viscosity of the discs uh-huh. mm-hmm. in between for just water i can't emphasize enough with water you just need to drink it and like between th- i would say minimum of three liters a day including teas and coffees but people don't drink enough and as soon as i don't drink enough i get a sore head i don't know about you but uh-huh. i need to drink water and the more you need to drink the more you can need to go and it's so much better your skin and stuff yeah. No, I, I agree with that. People don't drink enough water and they don't understand the importance of it. And um, mm-hmm. talking to a client the other day about it, and they were saying their habit was getting up and having fizzy juice in the morning and they felt like shit. Oh my God! Oh! <laughs> oh! Head brick wall! Oh, okay. You know, yeah. I've not drank fizzy juice in about nine months. And fair, I, I feel better. I, I drink diet stuff. I won't drink, like, no, the sugary stuff. I, is that not worse for you, James? I don't know about that. Actually, any studies to none that I can find, and to be honest with you, I need to live my life a wee bit. That if I want, oh, diet juice. I drink wine. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking wine as well. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you've got to have some sort of advice. Yours is diet coke. <laughs> coke and wine, but not mixed in together. Which is... Not mixed together. Yeah, but I, he was saying that. He was drinking it in the morning and he was feeling like crap. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, think about it. You've just slept for eight hours and then you're getting up and the first thing you're putting in this very artificial you know, liquid into your body, like your body's... His like, liver, his liver must be doing overtime. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Mm. It's, and it is. And it just shows when you're saying there that being hydrated or dehydrated could lead yep. to injury. It just shows you how important it is. Well, if you've got a dehydration, obviously your sodium potassium levels have got a misbalance, and then that's when things like cramping is so so much more um, evident when you've not been drinking enough water. It's all to just do with electrolytes and your your um, sodium levels and stuff. So, yeah, there is physiological um, studies behind it. So, drink loads of water, that will help with your form as well. Cool. Right, so when people, if people want to exercise properly, what mm-hmm. main pointers that you would ask them to look out for when they're exercising? To be honest, I am a huge advocate in hiring someone like yourself, um, because even me as a physio, like I, I, I don't know if I'm doing. I don't know my own form. You don't really know your own body in proprioceptive terms, how you are in space. So essentially, I would always advise the first kind of six to eight weeks you're getting into exercising properly, shall we say, is that you hire someone. Like, you would hire help 
to do fillings in your teeth or cut your hair or anything like that. So I, there's no, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, a limit as to what you should spend your money on when it comes to your health. I think west of Scotland, um, we've got a habit of, okay, spending £30 on a Domino's, but they won't spend £30 on a personal training session. It's kind of, I would be opting more to be hiring someone to help me out in the first few weeks anyway, well, I'm going from there. If you look at it, personally, I think the most important part when body part to be in the right position when you're exercising is your back. Mm-hmm. Back and I don't know how many clients I've seen where the first see like the first maybe six months of me trying to do PT and mm-hmm. obviously you know how to do it right and like you can perfect anatomical terms, but not everyone's perfectly anatomical. Six months you think, oh crap, but like, did I teach you this psychology and how to like no. communicate and coach different style of people because you can say one thing to one person and then you say to the, you know, another person and they don't get what you're saying and you need to get the wee cues to sort of help somebody, you know, all right, that's my back. And even just somebody having aware, awareness of their back. Like, uh-huh. And you actually, and unless you know what you're looking for, i.e. you or I, the kind of people that are maybe accountants and do other things and they're not sure of how their posture is supposed to be. So this is again how injuries will happen because you're you're compressing mechanical loads on the wrong structures. So ideally there's there's no proper way of doing it, but having that help and support with someone like yourself or PTs to help them along their journey, I think that's a key thing to take away. And I could say to you, studies show that you must do two cardiovascular classes, one stretch class, one strengthening class per week. That's ideal, the now where everybody's off their work or whatever, but in a, in a kind of day-to-day scenario, people don't have the time and it's all about making time. So having a coach or PT alongside them is the ideal, the ideal thing. Well, when I talk to a client, I'm, I'll overemphasize how important that is. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're on and look, progress and I'm like, look, you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get stronger by doing this. But it's also a, a looking in a way of, see when you're a grandmother or a granddad, you're still going to be able to play with your grandkids because you do this properly. Uh, your form's correct and things, absolutely. And taking care of your body so that when you are old, you're not just this old cripple, no, that can't move, you're up. <sighs> Grandma, granddad, and... I know. I don't know if you've seen, um, sorry, Train with Joan. Have you seen her Instagram? Did you share it on your Instagram? Yeah. Oh my God, this woman is amazing. She's like, always overweight, uh-huh. had all these health conditions, and then basically turned her life around. And she, she's better than me. That's probably less than half her age. Sure. Uh, she's an inspiration. That's, an inspiration. So That's a good way to put it. You don't just get to 70 and you go, oh, that's you. You must. Muscle strength training is the key to solidifying osteophytes in the bone density. So therefore, I, I, I do encourage a lot of strength training, but more for you, for people getting older. I've, I've, I was speaking to mom last night. I made up her like, wee plan. And before all this happened, I used to get her into the gym and Mm-hmm. squats and that's just, she knows how to do things right and she was saying mm-hmm. we were talking last night and she was saying she'd be doing more gardening and how it's the gardening's easier now and mm-hmm. that's what you're doing is because you're doing it properly you're strengthening all the mm-hmm. muscles around the joints so that yeah. it isn't going to always be predictable or a straight line so mm-hmm. 
train in this straight line environment and train all the muscles so that yep. when real life comes into play and it's like you're doing gardening, you're overreaching or something, your body mm-hmm. is more prepared to deal with it. Stronger. It's stronger. Absolutely. I love that. Good. Yep. Right. Next bit. Foam rolling. This is a controversial sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Personally, I used, when I first started out, maybe two or three years ago, I did get people to do it. I'd done it myself. And it was even one of my lecturers in college. He advised it. So I did do it for a bit. And then you get a bit more experience. You think, right, I need to really research stuff because this is people's bodies that I could be possibly putting at risk. And I looked mm-hmm. into some research and there's some research, but there's not all that much to say, yeah, it definitely works. But I've used it before. And if my muscle has been tight, it has felt a wee bit better afterwards. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it work or is it just a placebo effect? Oh, I see the placebo, but the placebo is amazing because I'm all I'm going to say, I'm going to just be devil's advocate. But if it works for somebody, then that's great. Mm. But if it doesn't work for somebody, then you kind of need to look at another potential placebo because on a cellular level, if it's done properly, basically properly means so slow, people do it too quickly. They go up and down like a crazy somebody needing dough. No, it does it's not like that. It's the slower the better, because you have to get into the deeper levels of tissue. So if your muscles can, so you think about, I'll do the ankle for instance, because you think the calf. So the calf controls the ankle. All right. If you're, if you, oh, I've got my foam roller here. <laughs> not that I've been using it, but. Um, <laughs> If you go into the muscle um, and your ankle is in a fixed position, so it's either dorsiflexed or plantar flexed, then the muscle is going to be either contracted or relaxed on the calf. So essentially, you need to have that in quite a neutral. That would be foot forward or back, wouldn't it? Just for people listening that don't know what that meant. I'm not- trying to think. I'm trying to do it with... Right, so plantar flex is pointing to the ground, the plants. Uh-huh. Dorsi flex is pointing to the sky. Just in case people aren't watching it on YouTube, then they won't be able to see. So I'm trying to think. Oh, plantar flex, you to point to the plants. Dorsi flex, you point to the sky. So is that can't a really do my arm. Test. That's how that's how I remember that. I. <laughs> um, so you, if your foot is in dorsi flexion, then the calf is going to be too rigid. So you're not going to get the foam roller in it. So essentially, you have to have it quite relaxed. So just just a, a relaxed tone. So then it can get into the muscle. Um, but a couple of things to get. Uh, if I'm advocating foam rolling, then I would always do it with what we kind of talk with muscle energizing. Don't know if you've heard of that. No. Um, basically, what you do is you put it in a point of stretch and then contract it. So you contract and relax the muscle. So if you're contracting and relaxing, you're kind of moving the the properties of blood and fluid in the muscle. Mm-hmm. So you're getting more of a more of a deeper stretch and then like in a relaxation. So you can into the muscle a lot deeper. You would be if you were just to naturally foam roll over like one thing. So if you go over like this, and you contract the, the the leg up and down. Once you go into a trigger point, like one of the kind of sore trigger points. Yeah. that you probably felt in your neck or back or leg or whatever. So you go into the trigger point and you contract and relax the muscle. That'll get into the trigger point and break anything down. 
what I kind of think as well is a, it, there'll probably be evidence to disprove it, but if you are on an area of structure which has blood vessels and you can strip the blood vessels, so imagine you've got a pipe full of water and you knit the pipe, mm-hmm. that pressure is going to still build up behind the knit. Does that make sense? So when you, you've got a backlog of pressure yeah. and then when you release it, it's going to flush out if you've got any scar tissue, lactic acid, um, adhesions in an area from maybe like a previous strain or a recent strain or tear or whatever, if you compress the structure and then release a backlog of pressure, it's going to help flush out anything that's in that. Whether or not that is placebo or whatever, it's just something that I've kind of picked up on over years of clinic. But There'd be some evidence to say it works and some evidence to say it doesn't. Evidence. But personally, because I'd, I'd, I'd really hurt my back years ago, and it was my lecturer told me to put on like, my glute med, like my sideburn. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, after I'd done that for a week or two, the whole back kind of released. So whether it was a placebo effect or not, but it did work. It did me. help. It's quite effective in the glutes. Same principle, but using like a lacrosse ball or a tennis ball. Again, I would... College, he had a lacrosse ball. Um, They're solid, aren't they? They're horrible. Wasn't it nice at all? No, it's horrendous. So getting on that trigger point and then doing some muscle energising, activating and and relaxing it, that'll just tease the knot out a wee bit more. And I think... It's more kind of teasing the structure out a wee bit because it's not the site a tear that you're looking to get into. It's everything round about the tear because where the tear has happened, it's not been that point exactly. It's been structures on either side of that tear that's caused the muscle to either pull or strain. So you want to attack around the site of the tear as opposed to the actual tear itself when you are from rolling. I've read that book, uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard. and. Mm-hmm. The- to describe it in that as it's what was it said for the upstream downstream sort of method yeah yeah an area of pain generally it'll be above or below a muscle mm-hmm. be tight or sore which is then causing that specific area to be yeah a, absolutely um, absolutely what i've um, noticed is a lot of kind of foot problems and hand problems are a result of the forearm or the calf which are pulling on the tendon because essentially your hands and feet are just grapples and um, levers. So if something's tight in your hand, it's often a result of something above mm-hmm. the structure, so in the forearm or the calf. So it, it's all very foam rolling. I think if it works for you, great, do it. Fantastic. Knock your heart out, but do it properly. Another thing I would like to mention is after you foam roll, you need to stretch. So again, you need to stretch. You just need to do, I would concentrate more on the stretch than the actual foam rolling because what you're doing is you're changing structures and when you're doing the foam rolling and then if you're not lengthening those tensile structures, you've spent 10 minutes needling out, it's just going to, you know, kind of curl back up. So you kind of need to get in there and actually get a really good stretch into the muscle. The foam rolling possibly give you access to be able to stretch in a to a position you wouldn't normally be able to get in, but the stretch is vital. So if you need the stretch to stretch as well. Mm-hmm. Pick to do. Say that again, James. Do you need one then pick your stretch to do rather than the foam roll? 
uh, spend more time on the stretch than the foam roll because that will help. And then I would add in a wee bit of PNF stretching, and that's something that people get your clients to do. So proprio facilitation. Remember that PNF, and that just again, Heard just write PNF down. <laughs> I think it was when they asked you. I remembered the actual word, and then it just went out my head after that. So yes, that's that's good that you. Uh, sometimes I have to go PNF, whatever. Just Google PNF, you'll get it. You'll get a wee stretch somewhere. <laughs> so this is one that was very popular and people wanted mm -hmm. to hear about because we've kind of covered foam roll and if you want to do mm -hmm. it, if it feels good for you, fine. Just make sure you stretch. But back cracking and bone cracking. One one thing I personally want to know is what is the popping noise that you hear? See, you see all the videos online and stuff, and oh, people love that, don't they? They ones are people busting spots and oh no 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 no! Do you not just love the back cracking and the neck cracking? What's that? People are into weird stuff. It's just <laughs> I I know, but yeah, I, to be honest with you, the audible cavitation <laughs> is what we'll call it. <laughs> the cracking is the gaseous bubble coming out of a synovial joint. So you know synovial joints, so you've got your knees are synovial joint, all right? Your ankle's synovial. All that means is it's got a capsule. It's got fluid in it. Why has it got fluid in it? Think WD-40 for your joints. Yeah, That's essentially. Keeps everything. Ah, it keeps everything moving. So most common ones, so see when you get your neck cracked, back cracked, uh, ribs cracked, all this, it's basically, it's the facet joints that you're cracking, all right? Yeah. So you're not, move, you're not moving your vertebrae, your vertebrae isn't like here and you're here and all the rest of it. So I want you to just stress that your, your vertebrae aren't out of place or anything like that. It is it's disproportionate displacement of certain wee joints in your body but it can cause a lot of pain so the cracking is a cavitation of those joints being the gaseous bubbles coming out of the joint that good enough is that that's perfect sense yeah um going out of the joint uh so what you'll hear physios chiropractors talking about is um facet joint irritation all right, so have you ever woken up and you can't get your neck, can't move your neck past here? Yeah. Yeah, or you've woke up and you can't move your body further forward or bend it back. Yeah, so basically, one of the joints. Uh, mm -hmm. So you've got your segments of your spine and you've got your wee facet joints on either side. So when you get a facet joint irritation, you get an inflammation of that joint and it restricts the movement. So there's so much evidence to say that manipulations or back crackings crap and don't do it and all the rest of it. But how many times have I been in clinic and a patient can't move their neck past here and I crack it and that's them, um, you know? So the, the kind of hands-on clinical experience speaks for itself with regards to getting things moving in clinic. But if that patient then goes out, doesn't continue to move it, then it's just going to get rusty again. And yeah, they're going to be back in in a week and go, oh, my neck won't move again. But what I find is with patients is they don't move enough. So therefore, when they're not moving, things get rusty. Like, that's it. And you're, you're designed to move. Gene, in a sense. It's supposed we are. We're amazing. 
Uh, We're actually amazing. The human body is fantastic. Joints, levers, no, they all move. Ah, they're honestly so good. So basically, a couple of things are that that's just the, the gas coming out of the joints. And even so, if you come into me and your neck didn't crack, but I got the range of movement. So what I mean is you don't have to cavitate or crack for a manipulation to be successful. But I think patients prefer it or love it. So I mean, I don't know if you've had your neck or back cracks. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. satisfying. It's, uh, but it is it's, very, it's very satisfying. And they have been studies to see that there is endorphins produced after that. Whether or not that's from the popping sensation, the release of the joint, or I, there's, I could be speculating, but people, people are, they, there is an endorphin release, so yeah, I think it does essentially work. And I love doing it. I think it's great. I, know, I, I, it, I think it would be a good job to do if you knew. It's, it's, it's as if where somebody's sitting, they can't move, and then you see them getting that done, and then they can... Uh, they can't do it. Um, it is, it's impressive, but a lot of... Some physios don't do it. So, disclaimer, you do have to go and do a course. It's not just something that you just can learn because there is a lot of contraindications for it. So, I wouldn't go and manipulate a 78-year-old woman with osteoporosis, blah, 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 who fell down the stairs. Jesus, you don't even know if there could be something broken in there. So, you kind of need to... You know, you need to know your patients. So if you're, there's a couple of kind of absolute contraindications. You wouldn't crack somebody that's previously broke their back because of how their bones might have formed. Um, anybody that's on warfarin, um, so like a blood thinner, because mm-hmm. you're at, at risk of internally bleeding. Um, and even people with like ligament instability, there's different kind of signs and symptoms of that. But you wouldn't you wouldn't use it as like an absolute. But it definitely for a young fit individual like yourself with no relative medical history you wouldn't have a problem doing it and often it's graded between one to five so often you don't even need to use a grade five because it will cavitate or crack after grade four Mm -hmm. which is good but if you kind of need to do the high velocity grade five you have to make sure that you're following protocol there is do's and don'ts i wouldn't advocate cracking your own neck or cracking your own back just in case because there is like things that can happen so yeah, that's sometimes when you stand up though no you just move your neck a certain way and it just that's fine but it's people that take their neck to the absolute extreme and then that See, and then do it like that well they're about to get a fight and the old guy goes but i mean that's okay but if yeah, a guy probably doesn't move his neck at all I... so that's like cracks but essentially you don't want to take your neck through the extreme because you know you're at risk of stuff like strokes and things and that i'm sure it was a paramedic but um paralyze herself by doing it herself so so don't be trying to don't do this at home kids yeah don't do that (laughs) (laughs) good for you because it's something you could add to your arsenal um to treat uh, patients yeah but it could possibly be a kind of placebo effect again if it works then it's fine if it works and i think yeah uh what you're saying about that book at the start there like Mm -hmm. The human brain so weird and I'm reading a book on like it's hunger in the brain and how our brain manipulates us to eat more even if we're not hungry and it's because uh, that you get people that are like food designers companies will hire people that are hired to design food to make it 
more people will eat more. They will eat loads uh-huh. of it, even though they're full. And it's just that just the brain's massive and this just proved kind of proved the point at you saying it could be a placebo effect but just thinking or somebody doing something that makes you think that that's it fixed then suddenly goes away and like you wonder how much other stuff is like that oh everything because i don't know if you've ever heard of joe dispenza chiropractor oh my god so he did a book called you are the placebo highly recommend basically insults the full medical and physio and every other profession because a, as a she just had enough what, is that she just i've had enough of him no basically your human body uh, i hate to say it can restore itself from anything uh, i mean it can repair itself it's its own apothecary so everything to an extent physios doctors PTs do we are just a kind of placebo effect and but essentially if you are helping somebody then what does it matter if that person's getting an insight from you then great because that's the kind of reason you get into the profession is to help other people mm-hmm. and like I love what I do I absolutely love it and it's killing me not being on work but I mean it's still good banter with patients and doing stuff like this and stuff so this is where you kind of earn your salt in whatever you do if you work with somebody Mm -hmm. one-to-one as a Mm -hmm. time like this because you're not getting the usual interaction you would normally have with them so Mm -hmm. it's hard Mm -hmm. the brain if they're having a bad day you need to understand that they're having a bad day and then say try and help them find a way to approach the day so that the rest of the day is better after they spoke to you or Mm -hmm. the point i'm not i'm not motivated to eat better anymore that's, that's when your job comes in to go, right, we need to get them thinking a different way just because this is happening. There's no point just like, you know, fucking everything off, sorry to say. But exactly. But I've been mm-hmm. saying, you've got this whole bandwagon now, it's like be productive or don't be productive. And it's like, there's no need to be picking a side because a lot of time the productive people would have an unproductive day. And a lot mm-hmm. of time there's probably some of the un- unproductive people have cleaned out a couple of cupboards. So like, and that's productive. Mm-hmm. Acting people up, you're like, oh no, you're doing this or you're not doing this. It's shut up, just go on with your life. People, people need to come off of social media, stop worrying what other people are doing, just deal with what's in front of them, have a list and stick to it. Well, I read something yesterday and was we're only unproductive now compared to how compared to how productive we were two months ago. And if you put that into actual terms, is sometimes I get up and I go, oh my god, I've hardly done anything today, but then I go. But I did this yesterday and I'm doing this tomorrow and you know, so it's kinda like you you gotta have a balance and, and, and try not to be on your own thinking too much and reading stuff, be creative, get in touch with like learning a language and being kind of different things you might have not been able to do whilst you were at work Monday to Friday nine to five. So yeah. it's about it's about doing other things that you feel like I'm doing it. You're sitting on a jigsaw right now. I'm doing 500 pieces. I never thought I did one a couple of weeks ago and I was like, never again, but I've started another one. So it's just about finding some joy every day. I've said it to somebody the other day when we were talking about it and it was, imagine you're having a really shit day in work. Mm-hmm. See when you've had a shit day in work in the past, there's probably at least five things that you were sitting having a shit day and you were thinking, oh, I'd rather be doing that. Put yourself in that crap day that you're And do it. And then go and do them. Like, that's what uh-huh. a lot better. Like, it's just, it's, it, how you approach a problem is how big it is. And the thing is, yeah. how the saying goes, create more than you consume. 
no, don't be sitting scrolling. If you if you want to be on social media, then go and try and make a hobby of it. At least try and like no make a mm-hmm. job of it or something. No, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do something like that. Create something rather than just sitting there comparing. Where they consume. I like that, James. I, I can't remember. I've heard Jay Alderton say it, and I think there's a few mm-hmm. other people that say it. But it is. It's yeah, a uh-huh. short and sweet. Yeah. But. I think that's us covered everything. But before you go, happy with that. Is there anything else we can add? I think I've I've done all my wee bullet points. Yeah, we'll have another so c- one of these sorted because obviously there's some people want to know about things like dry needling, exercise, mm-hmm. treats, um, and rehab as well. Like know how. Yep. So we'll get another mm-hmm. one arranged. But before you go, what is your top mm-hmm. to live by? What is my top tip to live by? Oh, top tip to live by. <gasps> Oh my goodness, being put on the spot. Oh no. <laughs> um, it comes to your head. Top tip to live by. Mm, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Oh, throwing quotes in and that, I like it. Right, so like that. we'll find you, Emma. So you'll find me, so I'm in Paisley, Glasgow as well. Um, my website is espwellbeing.com. I'm also on Instagram, espwellbeing. Um, and I, I don't really do it. Your Instagram's great, James. I meant to tell you that. You're so interactive. I my best. I love it. I love it. You're so good. I, I can't even get my computer to work. So <laughs> I'm so crap. <laughs> is in it behind the scenes trust me there's been a few mental breakdowns trying to make videos and stuff like it's hard but it's all i'm going to say is great more than you consume so i you would never be able to tell so there you go I'll put fantastic out. thanks very much <laughs> you I'll take care future. right bye